Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And today we are so excited to finally have on one of our most favorite people, one of our favorite directors. This is his first episode that we got him to do. He does seven episodes of Psych Altogether, but we're talking today about In Plain Fright, which ended up, honestly, this is one of, this ended up being one of the funny, this episode is so funny. And I'm sure the psychos all know that, but I, re-watching it, I forgot how funny it was. So we're so excited to have Steve and we love you psychos. Please enjoy. Get back onto the uh, horse you, here. You sent right in because what we, we never spend the first five minutes commenting about how you, how great we all look. Meg, I haven't said it today. You look fantastic. God, I haven't seen you in oh, weeks. God. Oh my God. Are you, you kidding? Know. I saw you last week. I mean, not in person, but yes. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Because we, 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 we didn't do We had to board last week, remember? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, that's right. We didn't see each other last week because of my dental appointment. That's, that's right. why I, I could double up on my my special flannel shirt that I wore for you, because it's Christmas <sighs> season. That's your favorite. It's your favorite season of the year. So I could I brought out the Christmas the Christmas flannel. I love it, and you look fantastic. I well, actually we, we, we got great faces for radio because that's kind of what we're doing here, isn't it? Stop it. I'm going to record. These are video though too, Steve. Just so you know, they just are on oh. like Patreon, so not everybody oh. sees it. But yeah, see. you look exactly the same. It's so crazy. To me. It's like it's, it's so like just crazy. yesterday. When is the last time we all saw each other? When's the last time we saw you? I saw. I, I don't. I'm going to say ten, eight years ago. Eight years. Yeah, you and I had a burger at the Sutton Place in in the lobby there. I was yeah, at work. I, think, I, think I thought about that, and I think we had a hamburger in uh, Studio City. Well, we did. We we had one at the counter. Then once we went to Los Feliz, and I went to Fred sixty two or Fred forty forty whatever. Do you remember that? Me too. The twenty four hour place. I love that place. Yeah, the the, the little diner on um. Yeah, it it's like a decent twenty four hour diner. You know, like it's it's good. Is it, it twenty four hours? Is it really? It used to be. That used oh. to be what they were kind of famous for. Is like you could literally go have a burger any time of day. Amazing. Last time I was there was with Steve. That was got to be a decade ago. What time of day was it? God, no. Afternoon, I think. Yeah. It was daylight, it was. We were sober. I remember that. We were sober, unfortunately. Oh, no. Why? There's Why? We were trying to be responsible adults. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, gosh, it's good to see both of you. And it's great to see you. And you look fantastic. Oh, my oh God. God. Not today, but thank you. You look fantastic, fantastic, too. I mean, you really do. But you both look sort of exactly the same. <laughs> You, you do, except you got a beard. That's the only difference that is. Before we get to the episode, I need to say yeah. the most important thing about this episode is yeah. you look incredibly beautiful in every scene. Oh my gosh, thank you. It was a movie about the relationship, your, your character's relationship with you know, James. And, right. uh, and, and there was a lot of plot and a lot of story, but the story was like, it, it reminded me of Chinatown a little bit. Like you weren't really sure like how it worked, but you kind of knew it did. You, uh, you know, like and Chinatown was great. Like I don't, I don't really miss any details. Um, but you know, that relationship is what kept it going. Yeah. That um, this was the first episode where we were like, in a relationship because the last episode we were we like made it official but nobody knows yet so there's like a lot of new stuff to play with on top of like one of the funniest episodes and then all of like 
the horror and the rides at that place, like the P&E, wherever we were. It has to That's be the P&E. Right P&E. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for having me. And, um, it's, and it's great because, you know, we were on strike for a while. So I have a little bit of time right now because it's taking a little while for everything to get going again. Um, uh, yeah. We were doing a super secret uh, produ- production last time I talked to you. Weren't you doing some big shot show? Well, I'm a small fish in a big pond. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm I'm working on a on a Netflix show that Kurt Sutter. It's a Kurt Sutter joint, as they say. <laughs> the joint. It's a joint. It's Kurt. It's a Kurt Sutter joint, okay. and um, and it is about uh, two women that lived in eighteen something, eighteen ninety, and they lived in Oregon, and and one of them was a sort of well off silver um miner and the other one as, as kind of a scrappy family of adoptees and it's kind of a it's sort of a version sort of a more left-wing version of yellowstone i guess i mean that's sort of what it feels like to me but the writing is i think way better than yellowstone i think it's sort of more epic and it's all everything we're like we have to build every costume and we got to build every whole and, wow. and we spent like all last summer and i was the producing director so let me just say that, like, you know, my deal is always based on output, but we never output anything. So I didn't make like 10 cents really over this whole summer. Then there was a strike. Right. So I'm like, I'm collecting bottles and taking them back to the store right now. You know, um, it's been really bad. But Netflix has been good to me. They're going to bring me back and they're going to actually pay me something now. So that's nice. What's the show, Stephen? Can we take it? It's, called, it's called The Abandons. It's called The Abandons. Uh, I like the title. Yeah, and it's and that's um, and that title sort of means that like at the in the time, you know, abandons were like people that were left behind. You know, obviously, there was a family that they're all adopted, and that's um, that's going to be uh, uh, Lena Hetty's family. She's oh, it's Lena Hetty. Okay, okay. And um, I think I can say that uh, Jillian Anderson is playing the uh, silver mining. Oh my God! What a yeah. cast! Yeah, we got strong, mm-hmm. two strong women, and then everybody else we just find on the street. We bring them in and we throw them out. Well, I wouldn't be an actor if I didn't say, "Hey, buddy, uh, if you need a guy with a big beard from the 1890s who's, who's great, also walks with a, with a stick and a limp and has one arm that doesn't work, you, you'll be you, 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 you could be a, an absolute feature in our town. We 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 built a town in a, in the Badlands of Alberta, and. Um, Actually, we didn't build it. We rebuilt it. It was sort of, there was about 12 or 13 structures. We turned it into 40-some structures, two big houses. Like the construction build was just wild. It's really beautiful design. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, it's cool. And I just wish, you know, that I was busy doing something as opposed to talking about it. But anyway, because it's been a long I get time. It. I get it. Yeah, yeah. But you'll get there. You'll get there. Okay. But in the meantime... Let's talk about one of our, like, first off. Our favorite, our favorite show to ever work on. And I mean it. It was my favorite show to work on because everybody was so into it, you know? Because yeah. usually when you go, even even when I was working on, like, the Arnold Schwarzenegger series in Toronto recently, like, the crew, you know, you want to you want to move a tree and, it, like, it turns into an HR complaint because you ask someone to <laughs> move it's, like terrible, you know. That's I mean, really, really, I'm not even kidding. It was wild. Am I but saying this that? This is why you fit right and became one of our favorite guest directors. Well, because oh, I was into two, I was into two. You had a great cinematographer. You had a great cast. You had great writing, 
And uh, it was just a really fun time. And I remember reading the pilot for the script and going, hmm, I wonder what the tone is for this. And then <laughs> episode four, it was there, solid, yeah. done. It, yeah. it didn't take very long. It, you know, even three, it was like sort of coming together in three. That's testimony to the cast. It was Please. crazy to watch it. I was the same way because I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't in the pilot and uh, I came on later. Bullshit. <laughs> but I remember also they sent me the pilot script to read. And I remember having the same thing, having not seen the pilot. I didn't uh, know anyone involved. So I had, I was like, I, this is brilliant. Like, I don't know how yet, but it's, it is, there is, there's a brilliance I, to it. I yeah. Love it. I love it yeah. because everybody yeah. wants to believe in a clairvoyant, right? Everybody wants yes. to believe in Oh, yes. Some of us so, do. Some of us it's do. It's just the greatest thing. And, and it was, it didn't take itself. Well, I think that the, I think that the cast kind of turned it into a, uh, you know, postmodern kind of show, right? Where they're making, where they're using references from all the other shows and, yeah. and uh, they're, uh, and they're not, and they're making it really funny and making it comedic and not, not taking it too seriously because that can be the death of us all. Right. I mean, right. right. That is that's always the end. Right. Okay, so uh, do a little recap, Maggie. Of yeah, yeah. Go ahead, listeners. We are talking to the dear, handsome, international man of mystery, Stephen Sergic, one of our kind of an international man of mystery. I love it. Yes, go on. Let's go over a little list of some of the episodes he's done. So um, seven or eight? He did so many. I did. I think did seven. Maybe I couldn't. I couldn't find this. I found six. I couldn't find the seventh one. Oh, it's not right now. Um. Zero to murder. <laughs> and the, that was number one. That was the first one I did. Yeah, I remember that. We were hiding. They were hiding stuff in the mags of of wheel of wheels. Of course. Yeah. Three opener, ghosts. And of course, my very favorite, because it was the last episode. Episode three, you know, season three, episode eleven. Last you did a bad, bad thing. And that was great. I had a great time on that one. And I I'm not just saying that because you're here. I tell anyone who cares to listen. I do. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> We, we, you're welcome back anytime, Steve. Yeah. And not to mention season five, episode seven, hot dog fade out. I'll never forget the shot of you oh, standing there after they took your badge and you're and you're left with the groceries, and they get in the car in the driveway, and we watch you for receding in the window, getting smaller and smaller. I laughed until I cried, like it was. <laughs> well, you it, was so, really- it was so pathetic and funny and. And so righteous. Oh, so good in that. You t- it was so, it was such a a, a, a fine line. And I, I love that we're talking about in plain fright, but suddenly it's like, we're like, Lassie did about it. But since we get, have you to go back and like, honestly, that the, the, the goofiness that could be like, we didn't, we never tipped over that line of like, like, oh my God, Steven, Steve is, are you drinking a spindrift? Yes. Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. What's me. so funny is I'm drinking a, this is my, I, I almost always, I, I'm out and I'm dying, um, but I always have a spin riff on an episode. So anyway, uh, you're fitting right in. But yes, that the there was always that line of like when we had storylines like that with it could just go Ooh. to one way or the other and they never did. And Tim played all of that so perfect. We fell in love with Lassie in a whole new way. Yeah. Agreed. He was he, he he committed to the character and we believed in his, in his pain. And yeah. we felt for him as we left. And that's why it is at once funny and also tragic, you know. It was yeah. so and I this is already it. my favorite episode we've ever done, Maggie. <laughs> 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 about me. Funny. Yes, funny. yeah. We love talking about you, Tim. 
Um, um, that was fun. Yeah. Now I ha I had uh, this sort of a general story I can tell about something that happened that was really strange on that show that happened. We were building that uh, that fun ride, you know, that that the, the, the spooky show where they see the murder at the beginning and they go back and they find the the dead body. And anyway, uh, we were sort of working on that set, and it came. You know, the, the art department said that they couldn't really afford anatomic, you know, monsters. So could we design? Uh, like, could we use actors and put them in rubber suits and have them move in a way that would be convincing? I thought we might be able to do that. We might be able to get away with it, but we should mix them up. Well, of course, you know, there was no mix up. It was all, it was just totally, we were going to be reliant on actors at the end of it and, or extras even. So what happened is we had, I guess we had about a hundred people outside for the midway that were extras out there where we were going inside. And I asked my ADs, to find, uh, you know, three people that were, that could be anatomic, you know, we'd put a rubber mask on them and we'd, so they went out there and they gave them, you know, they ran, they ran the drill and they, you know, they made them walk this way and that way. And then, and then eventually they came to me and they said, okay, we got it narrowed down to 10 people. And so I came outside and I looked at them and I saw one immediately was really good, a real tall guy and a couple others that were okay. And we threw them in the scene and they were working away in there. And as we went by then they acted like scary monsters and um that were robotic and then um there was one of the guys i kept he was a real tall guy i kept saying you know you should were the steve franks no tall guy. Uh, <laughs> i wouldn't use any names i'm not gonna use names i said you should take up take a break outside no he didn't want to go outside he didn't want to take his mask off it turns out because it turns out that he was a stalker that had been busted uh, he was talking a very famous actor in, I'm not going to use any names, in Vancouver that was working there. Huge names. Tom Cruise? Who was it? Go ahead. Sorry. He subsequently, and I don't know if this was, a, if this, I'm getting the sequence right, but he was then arrested. Oh my God. In Vancouver. And he went to jail. He went to prison. So you got to, you got to work at going to prison in Canada. You you got to work. At it. <laughs> you know? so, and he managed to win that one. And now when he got out of prison, and it was prison. It wasn't jail. He did time. He got out, and he was he had been a lead. He had been a lead character in a well-known show. Oh my god! And I spotted him as Terrifying. a first-rate actor. Of course, Terrifying. Right? Wait, now, so, so you didn't know? Wait, so is he know. the didn't episode? Know. Okay, so go on, go so on. Go then on. he goes outside to finally. He goes outside to take his mask off. And our you remember our continuity our script person? Yes, of course, it's him. You know. It's the stalker, you know, and uh, we have to go to help us get, you know, get to our car safely and blah, 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 blah. And that's what we did. We that made sounds like nasty. Yeah. Holy shit. Good, good, full-fledged full drama. But the bottom line was, you know, you know, he was a uh, certified felon, you know. Anyway, that house of scary horrors was not just, you know, made up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know about you all, but my family, we're, we're, I think, pretty good gift givers during the holidays. We've always been about gifts. And I don't know. I feel like we we try to spend time together as well. But yeah, gift giving is definitely a part of the season for us. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. And the holidays are a great time to do that. So whether it's by starting therapy going easier on yourself during the tough moments or treating yourself to a day of complete rest, remember to give yourself some love this holiday season. I find it very helpful to get to know myself in the way I have in therapy just because I don't have to be as scared 
I feel like about things that come up. I understand them a little bit better, where they come from. And I know whether they're sort of like emotionally relevant for what's happening at the time. And that helps. It just helps to feel a little bit more proactive around taking care of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pineapple today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pineapple. ButcherBox has all you need for a tasty, stress-free holiday season with high-quality protein delivered to your door. ButcherBox has it all. Peace of mind, ultimate convenience, and incredible value. With ButcherBox, you can find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. That's right, 100% grass-fed beef, free-range orange chicken, pork-raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, humanely raised. As you know, very close to my heart. No antibiotics or added hormones. Plus, it is delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Always free shipping. And the best part, you can get a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value and exclusive member deals, recipe inspiration, guides, tips, and hacks. Sometimes the best gifts are the ones you give yourself. And ButcherBox is here to help you treat yourself to more delicious, wholesome meals. They take the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat with humanely raised beef, pork, chicken, seafood, and more delivered to your doorstep. After a long and busy day, there's no better feeling than knowing I can skip the grocery store because I have food I can trust already waiting for me in my freezer. If you're paying for chicken wings, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) For a limited time, new members get three pounds of chicken wings in every order for a year when they sign up. It's such a good deal. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code pineapple to get free chicken wings for a year. A year. That's three pounds of free-range organic chicken wings free in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code pineapple. We can't do an episode of The Psychologist Run, a psychology podcast, without asking our incredible guest the all-important question. Steve Sergic, our great friend, would you are you ready to help me and the gorgeous, wonderful co-host, Margaret Cassidy Lawson, podcast the shit out of this episode? Absolutely. That's what I'm here for. Oh, man. That's the best. We want to kill it. Yes. Okay. Also, anytime I talk about somebody killing another person, Tim uh, Tim, Tim does a very theatrical version of a certain word. So you'll just... This will be fun. Ready? Episode 11, In Plain Fright, written by Steve Franks and Tim Meltrigger, directed by... One of our favorite people in the whole world, Stephen Sergic, and we're so happy we got into this. I was lucky to be there. Oh my God, we had so much fun with you. Okay, um, pineapple sighting. Tim, did you get it? Didn't even bother. I was too busy being distracted by how beautiful you looked in this episode. Every scene. So thank you. I'm not gonna lie. I, even I was like, oh, I really, I, I really up my game in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> my hair's like kind of pulled back, and it. It was just like really nice. The makeup was a little different. I lo- I was I was it, it was I, very I liked- and natural and you looked gorgeous in every episode and every scene. Thanks. Thanks. It was awesome. I heard, I heard it, at the time I heard there was rumors of us shooting in 3D. Mm. I was like, I was very excited about that. And I thought, gee, that was gonna be really expensive because I know just enough about it to know how expensive. You're it right. Is. No, we had Steve Franks last week and we told him we were doing in plain fright with you next, and he was like, Oh. 
that was, we were going to maybe do that in 3D. That was yeah, our because hope. I was rooming, I was rattling around. And so I was doing research on it, you know, and uh, on 3D. And there's like, there's a 3D version that you can do after you shoot it with regular film or regular tape. Were we shoot it on film back then? I don't know if we had switched yet. We were shooting on film. Yeah, we were shooting on film. Jeez Louise. Jeez Louise. That actually people did. I forget that. Do you want to hear something nuts? And then I promise I'm going to read this synopsis. Go. Do you know that 2020, well, we started in 2025. I was about to say 2025 will be the 20 year anniversary of Psych, like shooting Psych. Oh. It didn't air until 06. But so we're like a moment away from that. And yet Steve's sitting here. We're sitting here. I feel like it was yesterday. I watched this episode. I feel like we were just there. Anyway. Eight years ago? Isn't that crazy? No. No. Try. No. Try like mean or something. We're yeah. going to be in 2024. This was 09, I think. Yeah. God. There you go. 15 years ago. Going on 15 years ago. So we're going to get all of our Steve Surgic time. Don't, don't even I just worry. I want to be good. I want to really, I want to like podcast the shit out of this. You are, you are killing uh, Steve. This is why we knew you would be gold on the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pineapple sighting. One of the staff members has the name tag. Pina, which means pineapple in Spanish. You know, I've heard something about pineapples uh, as a symbol for yeah. something else. Did you know this? Yes. Welcome fruit. Okay, I just had to. I just what's that? It's, it's a welcome fruit. Oh, you're talking about the upside down pineapple. That's a different meaning. Oh, I didn't know it's upside down. Okay, because okay. I'm not. There's that. a good traditional welcome fruit. <laughs> I, I learned that the hard way when no. I asked someone at an airport what the upside down pineapple sticker, what the pineapple sticker meant on their suitcase. And, and I, I thought maybe they were but like, I was like, oh, pineapple or someone I was with like asked yeah. that and it was right. upside oh, down. Right. And then I was like, and you came right out and asked, oh, I love it. Yeah. I was just, and then they were like, upside down pineapple means I'm like, oh. Well, Matt, you remember uh, when Danny and Kate were at lunch in the backyard here? And they just come back from a cruise, and Danny Danny said he discovered like there were upside down pineapples on people's doors, and he was yeah, informed of what that meant. People announcing on their cruises, look, you're stuck on a boat for you know whatever. They're declaring, they're saying, anyway. "This is what we do." There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. I was like, I, I. Anyway, it was very fun to see it like on a suitcase. I was like, oh, this is a oh. person who travels and <laughs> is very much announcing. I was just putting out there to the airport, like. I just need to make sure my um my my pop socket on my phone is the right way when I'm walking. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, make sure, yeah. yeah. Unless or, you had a lot of attention you know, that day. It's not going to be the end of the world, you know. If it flips the other way, I just it's an that. adventure. You know, we're saying the same thing. Okay. Uh, all right. Cold open. It's 1990, and Sean and Gus are in line for a spooky ride. Sean wants to know why Gus is so scared. Uh, if he's been on the ride a dozen times, and Gus explains that the ride doesn't seem structurally sound and it might break and throw them through the roof. I remember Keith Dulé had to go. He had a he had to get on a plane that day. I just remembered, and we were like rolling along. Now he didn't. He wanted me to get everything I needed to get, but he was like, "But when will we be done?" You know, and yeah. so he was really nervous about it. Wait, Dulé Hill saying when we're going to be done? I'm shocked. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. It was absolutely new to me, and I was like, "Okay, so 
And uh, but what it did is it made him kind of jittery in the in the in the scene, which was perfect. Kind of worked. He used it. Okay, so Sean points out that the ride is only twelve inches off the ground. Gus asks why Sean doesn't want to go on the ride, and he explains the mechanical monsters can come alive in unusual circumstances. <laughs> Gus points out that the chances of that happening are highly unlikely. Sean and Gus start arguing about who needs to go first. After a moment of bickering, their eyes are drawn to all the creepy statues that surround them, and they both scream, grabbing onto one another. A second later, they pull apart with Gus telling the people around them that didn't happen. Cut back to present day. Sean and Juliet sneak around the office, claiming Lassiter will find out sooner or later. Yes, Tim. The very first host reveal that Sean and uh, Jules are now an item. True. It wasn't just a one-time thing. Yes, Steve. I don't know. I just remember you guys snuck around into, like, uh, was it the prison set or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the lockup, yeah, kind of snuck some personal time there, and um, it was the first. It was the first like obstacle for Sean because he he had to figure out how not to take, you know, Gus. But then he actually went with Gus. Well, anyway, it's it's a a common current phenomenon in relationships. Yeah, it is. Got to break it to the best friend or whatever. Um, So Lasseter's going to find out sooner or later. Then Juliet surprises Sean with tickets to Scarefest, an event at the local theme park. My one of my favorite lines of reactions when um Sean James says, Let's move to the cot. In reaction, of do you know who's been on that cot? Do you know what they've done to that cot? And your face yeah. is hilarious. It's a, it's a, it's a good that's right. The tickets, that, yeah. It's it's revealed that, that she's already the perfect girlfriend because she dug deep and bought these tickets to Scarefest because she overheard him talking about it and knew how it's important a cute it was. Moment. It's a cute moment, yeah. But already, it's like you're you're setting up how this this is the perfect girlfriend. Yeah, she knows exactly what's going to be fun, what he's going to enjoy as well. Yeah, and you actually believe she might enjoy it too. You know. Yeah, he's exactly. Such a actor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in the show relationship. Concept. Yes, yes, yes. So, so Sean already has tickets to go with Gus. Not wanting to let either one of them down, Sean decides to go with both on separate nights, but doesn't tell either one. Sean already has enough tension built up with having to tell Gus about his and Juliet's relationship. He doesn't want their, uh, either relationship to suffer because his attention is now divided. And most importantly, he doesn't want Gus to go on another caramel or caramel, sorry, caramel binge. Was what was the first one that he was eating? I can't remember. There was something he was eating. Not like bacon. I know that. He does smell like bacon at one point. Okay. On opening night, Sean and Gus attend Scarefest. That's when they see their old assistant, Ken, who we love. I think we skipped over something that I think is fun what? in the, in the um, psych office. Jane uh, Dulé makes reference to um, he did a video file on his Blackberry. Oh, yeah. The Blackberry <laughs> reference. We all have Blackberries. Blackberry. In fact, my email for Steve was a Blackberry, uh, no, it was rogers at blackberry.net number or email. So good. I, oh, I love them so much more. You know, yeah. you could actually drive and text, and it was actually safe because you could feel, you didn't have to look at it. You could feel yeah. it while you were steering your car, and you could say yes, no, and then just throw it down. It was fine. I'm I telling also you. Okay, so along this line, a little insider insight to our lives offset. We've talked about mafia a lot. How we play mafia, and Maggie, do you remember there was a day we we're all playing mafia, and Melissa, our AD. So, for those of you who don't know, mafia is kind of a parlor game where it starts out with everyone has their eyes closed, and they are by, by the person to tell them whether you're a member, whether you're in the mafia or a townsperson, if I recall. It's been so long since I played. Yeah, and uh, you then start the accusations. It's often just based on if you hear a rustling or a noise, then you think that person's had their eyes open. So, Melissa, our AD, Melissa, or our 
Aiden Melissa was accused yeah. of being a mafia because they said, no, you rustled, you had your eyes open. And but she used her excuses that she was on her Blackberry, but she goes, because she's so used to it, she could type with her eyes closed. So she, that was, I remember that. I remember her saying, I was like, that's not brilliant. Being, not brilliant. Mafia. But you could text with your eyes closed. Yeah, she could. could. She could touch type is, is the yeah. thing about it. It was great. I love my Blackberry as well. Did you see um, the Blackberry movie? It was pretty what? good. Yeah, there's a Blackberry movie. Sure. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of an independent thing, but it was good. The actor from Montreal. Anyway, it's a good movie. You should watch it. It's fun. Oh you my really God, get to see movie. how this this co this company exploded into billions. You know, with billions. Oh, of, I, mean, I did hear about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a good movie. I, I, I went and saw it. Didn't watch it yet, but um, I found a, bo a cardboard box in my office full of old blackberries. I'm like, what do I do with these now? Should I send them to a museum? I don't know. <laughs> I have mine too. He'll be doing a period show. You you know. Oh, that's, that's so true. A period show, and it will be soon. That it will, will be, be okay. twenty years. It'll be an antique show. I you can't. Know? It's already it's feels that way. Okay. Okay. Things turn sour. We met Ken, who we just oh yeah love. But things yeah. turn sour when on the haunted house ride, Sean witnesses a mur. Oh, Sean witnesses a murder. Love it. Sean tells Carol, the ride operator, but she doesn't believe him one bit. So they go to the next best thing, their old assistant, Ken, to help them break into the haunted house ride and get a better look at the possible. There's a great throwback in the scene with Ken where um, James makes reference to totally just mild racist thing of like what something in, in means in Chinese. And again, Ken says, I told you, dude, six words. I can only speak six words of Chinese, which I thought was was always one of my favorite runners for that for that Ken character. It was it was cute. It's very, very cute. Also, Ken, we we loved that character. And Steve yeah, explained last I loved him too. He's kind of they always take advantage of him and he always goes along for the ride. Yeah. The great Jerry Shea. Oh, the great Jerry Shea. We love him. Yeah. And and Steve wanted him back. Frank's wanted him back set many times. It was just like budget-wise and stuff. It couldn't happen, but we loved him very much. In the ride, we missed over um the great Nora Dunn showing up. Oh, yeah. Channeling yeah. pure straight up Kirsten Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> spending so much time in Chicago. I mean, it was the the yeah. accent was the same, the um, the attitude was the same. It was she was doing she was doing Vic. That's true. That's, That's true. true. Okay, while inside the rod, Sean takes Gus to the section where he saw the man get Tim. Murder. Murdered. Oh, that was a really good one. Okay, but the body is nowhere to be found. After getting caught snooping around, the boys are brought into the uh, festival administration offices. Henry then calls Sean to check in on him after the park security called the cops. While in the theme park custody, they meet Eve, one of the park officials. After noticing the park president's picture on the wall, Sean realizes he was the one who was murdered in the haunted house. <gasps> Back in the haunted house, the police search the body, and after finding it, Sean realizes something is fishy about the crime scene. It, we're here now. It doesn't mention us, Tim, but hang on. Sean saw the man get killed on the complete opposite side of the right, and he wasn't wearing a mask like this dead body was. Mr. Holloway, the park's vice president, steps forward and claims that he thinks the... Murder... Was Johnny Ricketts, or rather, the ghost of Johnny Ricketts? I kind of. I like you went up on that one. I sent back that one. I don't know if I should do that one over. <laughs> anyway, no, you don't have to do it over. But this is where. Oh wait, we're still here. Hang on. Holloway explains that Johnny Ricketts was a kid that fell off the Ferris wheel at Scarefest. Johnny Ricketts. What a great character name. Just the funniest. That was the last year they did Scarefest until this year when they decided to uh, open it back up. Holloway goes on to explain that he has been seeing Johnny Ricketts everywhere and that he thinks Ricketts is trying to tell him something beyond the grave. Okay, 
So, so Tim, that was our that was our appearance. Last one here, back in the crime scene. Last week, I had mentioned how um, when Lasker first shows up, they just decided to totally stop even pretending that my sideburns are going gray. Uh, they must have going to get a network note because my my side my sideburns in this in this scene were back to being dark again. <laughs> I love men use things to color their you know within the character, of course. Yeah, yes, of course. There was a massive rotting fall revealed when um, O'Hara finally shows up because it was seventeen minutes and forty two seconds we were made to wait until you show back in a, back up on screen, Maggie. Oh my and god, it's unacceptable for our show. Oh my goodness. I love that you have it down to the second. Once Jules and Sean have a second to talk, a hack magician interrupts uh, to guess their, their height and weight, causing Juliet to survive. Hang on, you yeah. just crossed over something very important. A very important plot point was just missed. Other than the outrage of how long we had to wait for you to come back on, on scene, uh-huh. on screen, the scene between you and Sean when we're in the ride is the, is the first... Y'all might want to pull the car over because it's a big one. Pull the car over. If you're up on a ladder hanging holiday lights, get off the ladder, put the weights down, stop, slow down the treadmill, whatever you're doing, just set up because this is a show first. I think it's a show, it's definitely a season first. It's a relationship first. It's the first lie that Sean tells Juliet. Oh, I over, mean, kind over, of lying to her about being a psychic maybe from day one, but yes. Well, that was a spoiler alert you just let out. <laughs> It's like it's an absolute bald faced lie where he said it was yeah. about the um yeah he told Dulé about you two. He did. Yes, that's right. He did. That's right. Or right. why he chose to um take Dulé instead of taking your accepting your invitation to go. Yes. Yeah, we so hear a lie. Your foreshadowing and a if I dare say a psychic prediction of what's to come in the show. Yeah, that's a big one. He reveal himself to be a bald faced liar. Liar. He hasn't yet. Uh, it should be a liar sound effect, a liar thing you do as well yeah. with murder. Because lying is a, usually a big turn in a, in a plot. Yeah. You know, we could do like... Um, well, that would also be every episode because Sean is basically lying about being a psychic every episode. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Lies! All right. Back at the station, Julia tells guys about uh, some research she did on Ricketts' death. She discovers that Holloway was running the ride that, that, that night when Ricketts fell to his death. So the guys head back looking for Holloway, but it turns out Holloway had been murdered well we didn't say we didn't use it for, for all we were really making up for, up for it the last couple episodes on, on the log ride I, the guys check the rides no this is good we're gonna have one almost every oh wait we have a few more the guys check the rides photo cam and they are shocked to see johnny ricketts riding in one of the logs at this point the park has been shut down and the sppd uh is now on the hunt for the Murderer. Were, hang on, there was multiple syllables. Steve, what's yours, Steve? What's yours? It's just a sound effect. It's a, it's, oh. a dinosaur, it's a dinosaur growl when he says it. Wait, I'm do it, do it. To sip it up. No, that's not right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it goes with your murder. Oh my God, that's amazing. And I love that you just you know, you know, bring it to, to our show. Off the, off the top I, of the I carry dinosaur growls with me all the time. Oh, what's that? Okay. There's, there's, a great thing, there's a great throwback when they're in the office with the, um, and we first saw Johnny Ricketts, and they do the, there's the effect with the um, scary writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Yes. The boys go, it's yeah. a throwback to the boys scream, which we haven't heard, gotten in a long time. Yeah. That's I, again, good. They scream in the same way they did in the ride. <gasps> you know, they yeah. grab it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's such a good scream. I wrote that down too, that that was like, it was really, really big and really good. I'll say it. 
I am sick and tired of stinky garbage, but that's when my little friend Lomi came around. Lomi is the only appliance that prevents food waste from stinking up your kitchen and polluting the planet. Now that I've invested in a Lomi, it has changed the way I deal with my food waste. Lomi is the biggest innovation in the modern day kitchen since the dishwasher. It's smart, simple food recycling that fits my space perfectly. In just four hours, Lomi transforms almost anything you eat into nutrient-rich plant food at the push of a button. Cut the chore of doing the trash in half. Eliminate bugs and odors in your kitchen. And here's a bonus. You get to feed your lawn and garden with an all-natural fertilizer that you just created out of your food scraps. There's no food rotting in my garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Now I only take the trash out on garbage day. Plus, no more leaky bags. All my food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge can go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food at home. Lomi promises to bring you the best possible experience every time you run a cycle. They're one of the only kitchen appliances that has a full, no questions asked, lifetime warranty on all devices. And they don't stop there. Lomi looks after you from day one and beyond. You'll automatically get upgraded to a new Lomi device every three years. How cool is that? It feels great to know that I'm creating Lomi Earth instead of waste. I have a basically limitless supply of plant food for my garden, plus I'm helping save the planet. Whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash pineapple and use the promo code pineapple to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash pineapple and use promo code pineapple at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. The holidays are here, which is perfect timing for today's sponsor, OneSkin. With OneSkin's revolutionary approach to tackling skin aging at the source, you can wrap up 2023 with the gift of radiant and healthy skin for yourself or your loved ones. Okay, what makes OneSkin the best? Their products are powered by a groundbreaking peptide, OS1, which is the first ingredient scientifically proven to prevent the accumulation of aged senescent cells, the primary culprit behind skin aging. The real magic? OS1 has actually been proven in the lab to actually reduce the biological age of skin by several years, meaning it not only prevents but slows down skin aging, leaving you with healthier, more hydrated, and glowing skin. One Skin just launched their mini bundles, which include face and eye topical supplement. I am obsessed with this, by the way. Body lotion and cleanser, which all come in this very cute little travel bag. If you're traveling this winter, One Skin has your mini skincare essentials covered. And if you are gifting this holiday season, OneSkin's mini bundles are the perfect stocking stuffers. They are so cute. What a nice gift too. For a limited time, our listeners can enjoy an exclusive 15% off OneSkin products using the code PINEAPPLE when you check out at oneskin.co. This holiday season, give yourself and your loved ones a head start on New Year's resolutions to swap your skincare for skin longevity. I love One Skin. Honestly, it was an immediate switch for me. I fell in love with this. Like, and I noticed the difference very quickly after I started using it. And other people have complimented my skin as well. Not to be like, yeah, people have complimented my skin. It looks great. But it, it looks better. And this is the only change I've made. So there you go. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. One Skin addresses skin health at the molecular level, targeting the root causes of aging so skin feels and appears younger. It's time to get started with your new face, eye, and body routine at a discounted rate today. New customers get 15% off with the code pineapple at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code pineapple. The new year is approaching. Now is the best time to invest in your skin. Age healthy with one skin. Most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of pros, and they're truly custom made to order hair care. 
Switching to a custom routine from Pros was one of the best things I have done for my hair and the results I'm seeing just keep getting better. I I love Pros so much. I did the whole questionnaire. It nailed my hair to a T, like what they sent. I'm a bit addicted to it now. My hair feels stronger, which I have really fine hair. So this is like, I have a lot of it, but I have a lot, it's like very fine. So this was really a big change I noticed. And it's just shinier. It's It just feels good. Pros knows there is more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over a million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. Pros asked me about my workouts, where I live, how damaged my hair is, and way more. And then they sent me the perfect crafted bottle just for me. It was actually like a little set. It's so cute too. By analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients to get you closer to your hair goals with every wash. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak the formulas for any reason in case I change up my address, my hair color, even my diet. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean, responsible beauty. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. If you're not 100% positive Pros is the best hair care you've had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. How cool is that? Also, you know, I'm a sucker for cute packaging. The packaging is so nice. It looks so cute. Custom made-to-order hair care from Pros has your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 50% off your first subscription order today, plus 15% off and free shipping every subscription order after that. Go to pros.com slash pineapple. That's pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pineapple. Get your free in-depth hair consultation and 50% off your prescription order. Okay, Sean and Gus run into Ken and ask him about Johnny Ricketts and if he thinks Holloway's and Waylon's deaths are linked. Ken tells them that they should look into the archives as the park keeps everything on record. Back at the station, Lassiter tells Juliet she's the second best detective at the station, only because she's working more closely with Sean. Lassiter claims they should be on the same team. Which is Aww, interesting how um, Lassiter's getting a little salty about this. He's already feeling, you don't even know what's going on. And he's already like, why is my partner not partnering? Like she usually does. That's, yeah. Okay, so while at the fest, Sean discovers that Eve was also there the night of Rick, uh, that Ricketts died and that Holloway and Waylon made Eve falsify statements about the death of Johnny Ricketts. Then Sean discovers that the park paid the Ricketts family off for his death, but then they see that another person was paid off by the park, Jamie Emerson. Suddenly, Eve shows up. Sean tells Eve he knows about the payouts and the falsified statements. He questions her, but Eve gets in and run away. Exactly. It's sort of like, uh, you know, the, what, what about for glass or what about for glass? You're like, what, what? But it all makes sense at the end and it, it all clicks. You go, oh, yeah, yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. That's how it works. I don't know if you were really following, but you got it, you know? A hundred percent. I also, I as I was just reading that, I was like, oh, I get the Chinatown now. Yeah. We have missed my favorite line and reading in the entire episode. <gasps> after, after we go, we're in the ride and you and I have showed up and we, we take the murdered body out and he's put in the ambulance. Yeah. You, you and Sean are outside and you kind of walk around. You have, you give this quizful, oh, whack-a-mole. Oh, I do. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> I love that had to be a mag game problem. No, this is a throwback to as an episode season one or two, I believe. Psychos, let us know. Uh, there is a whack-a-mole 
we're like, Sean's having a breakdown in an episode. It's, I know it was, I remember it's like Michael Zimberg directed it. So he's like, I'm, I'm seeing a, it's the, it's the game where you're, you smack the thing and it shows up and I'm like, well, and I get really excited about it. So this is a throwback to, uh, it's like, it's like the sentimental. But it's, but it's so beautiful that there's a dead body in you. <laughs> oh, right. That's what you're talking about, Tim. It's so wonderful the way you say it. It's just, it's just lovely. It was dynamite. Yeah. Thanks. Okay, so back at the SBPD, they discovered that there is no death certificate for Jamie Emerson. Jamie only has a California ID because she can't drive due to an injury. This is where Sean discovers that Jamie was there with Ricketts on the Ferris wheel the night that he died, and that she is the one who is the murderer. Section knows again. Okay, ready? Three, two, one, go. Murderer. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm so sorry. I apologize for that. We'll stop that. You now. should you should apologize for that. That's just insanity. No, it's, it's great. It's I'm great. gonna move forward. So everyone who lied about Rickett's death, uh, she is now uh taken care of. They immediately go looking for Eve because she is she is the next to be killed. They find Eve and she admits that she has also seen the ghost of Johnny Ricketts. Then suddenly the ride operator Carol shows up. Sean immediately knows that she's the murderer. And that the real name is Jamie Emerson. Then Sean puts the rest together. Johnny was trying to save Jamie's life on the Ferris wheel because her latch belt wasn't properly locked. But it was Johnny who fell and Jamie who survived. The park never came clean about the accident publicly and Jamie had to live with knowing Ricketts' death was a cover-up for the last 15 years. But Jamie wasn't working alone. There was no way she could have ran that ride and killed Waylon at the same time. She had a helper. Sean flashes back to the moment he saw the ride operator, Carol, Jamie, texting with Todd, the fest's guess your weight guy, who we hate. And this spells bitch all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You're back to SPD when you say, I figured out, congratulate me. It's these pants, they're not fitting at all. They're like horizontal stripes. As we're talking about a case and all I can think about is this, how much I how much I look like I weigh in my pants. Okay, this leads uh, Sean to believe that Todd was in on it. Sean figures out that Jamie and Todd dressed as Johnny Ricketts when they murdered Holloway and Wayland. Then suddenly SVPD arrives and saves Sean, Gus, and Eve from nearly getting killed by Todd and Jamie. In the end, Sean finally tells Gus about he and Juliet's dating. And much to Sean's surprise, Gus isn't surprised at all to hear the news, but he does silently start eating a bowl of caramels. Depending on where you're from. Am I saying, am I saying it right? I feel like I say caramel. Is it caramels? Caramel, car- caramel. I don't. I don't know. Yes. Caramel, a flavor, and is caramel the candy? There you go. That's it. Okay, so it's caramel. He's eating caramel. Girl, you you can get away with caramel. All right, it's a caramel. She was. She. He was. Eat, Gus was eating them caramels. Okay, that's not how we. Talk. A big old bowl. Caramel. Caramel is a place, isn't it? In California, I mean, <laughs> that's caramel. Carmel. Let's call them caramels the whole episode. <laughs> Gus. Was eating a bowl of caramels. Okay. And who was yeah. the mayor in a bowl? <laughs> okay. Steve, we have some fan questions if you have time. We have, we, well, oh, absolutely. I, you know, we're going to have to put something in the show because I haven't done very much so far. You've so. done a lot. You, you know, told us that sound effect. And, uh, you know, anyway, anyway. Anything. we missed a really good story a, ever. A really, really fun moment where, um, as Sean through the breakdown, and he reveals it's it's the Scooby Doo, and he's like, literally, it's a Scooby Doo episode. Is that why he keeps calling oh. me Thelma? Yes, <laughs> that's what you say. 
Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it was all. I thought all the shows were like Scooby Doo, though. You know what I mean? They're all kind of they, they all kind of come together with a Deus Ex Machina, like a strike from God, and they figure it out. It's, I love that about it. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I agree. It's very. It's a. Uh, it's always like that. It's always like that. That's part of the franchise. You know, that's why we dig it. Yep. Okay, number one. This is not specifically for Steve. I think it's for everybody. But who is the biggest scaredy cat in the cast? Tim? That'd be me. I would go with... I'd go with that too, maybe. But like, also, you're one of the most brave people I know. So I feel like that's like doesn't you're not, work. Right? You go, I think it's Gus. It's got to be Gus, right? Yeah, I guess. A character-wise, Gus. But like... Oh, and cat. Oh, I see. Person-wise... Why would why do you say you, Tim? Because my gut says you too, but I don't even know why. No, in fact, Allison always teases me about what a, what a big scaredy cat I am. Okay, all right. So we'll go with that. Are you a scaredy cat kind of person, Steve? I mean, I don't want to get in. I don't want to like get into any kind of trouble I can avoid. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. No good reason to get into a. Well, oh, isn't that just also being called Canadian? Right. You should say you're sorry and then move on. Sorry. You know what I mean? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I feel like my fear of things has, I'm, I'm getting a little better, but I definitely feel like as I get older, as I've gotten older, that I've like, my awareness of things just makes everything a bit more scary. I overthink a bit more. The anxiety is a bit more. Yeah. You can, yeah I mean, once you, once you hit uh, 28, things really changed for you, I noticed. <laughs> Two years ago, right? Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> this was one of my questions and I love that somebody asked it. The ride scenes. Sergic, how did you like th there were like those things keep moving? So we built that ride. We built that ride, yeah. The mm -hmm. art department, you know, we put down rail, we got the thing that fit on top. I mean, they they did a great job and they had a little forced perspective, so it looked like they were going. And uh, you know, we had a strobe light and we had some steam and smoke, and we had the we had the actor slash, you know, extra. It was slash really stalker. It's a stalker. Oh my God. <sighs> Oh my God, that's yeah, a great thing. Was he in the Frankenstein costume? Because that was a tall person. I'm not going to, I don't want people okay. like going in the show, going in and going, hey, there's the guy who used to, but that, yeah, he was the tallest guy in the place. Okay. I, I think mean, he was like six foot eight. That's, that's, are you sure it's not, was Steve Frank stalking somebody? <laughs> So funny. Steve Franks, we love well, you. Like, he would be the greatest foil because like no one would suspect a thing because he's like so, the sweetest, most jolly guy on the planet. Like I got I another, I got another package of cupcakes. Yeah. Like, like he could get away with anything. I once in post-production, I knew that Steve drew, drove this a certain kind of vehicle. It was like SUV because he's a big guy and stuff. And I saw it in the parking lot and I, and I was going to run in and put like, I was going to jack around and put a note in there, whatever. I got into, I closed the door and it was so full of pot smoke. I had to get out because I, I closed there. I thought, oh my God, Steve is high all the time. And that, I didn't know what to say because he came in and he, and he seemed like totally to business. He wasn't. And I, you know, I kept looking at him and thought, then I went out to the, followed him out to the parking lot on the way out when he went home. Of course, his Jeep is down or his car is way down the other end of the lot. Exactly the same car. So somebody got your note. Someone Some got my note that. inside that. Yeah. And we're yeah. so high, it made no sense at all. Yeah. For the sake of it, made total sense. That's the crazy thing. Yes. He's like, oh, yeah, I know this guy, I think. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay. Um, was the theme park in the episode, yeah, a, a real place? It was. 
Well, the theme park was a real place, but we put that we put that ride into the place. Yeah. That oh wow! Crazy. Did we do that on the stage? I forget. I, think I can't we were remember. On stage. Yeah. We had like we had a you know a cross point. Um, but yeah, but we went to the the Penian. Remember, we lit up all those rides. How, how exciting that was when we had the like the octopus lit up and the and the and the Ferris wheel lit up and yeah. it was like, oh my god, this is great. It was like it was when they got creeped out. You know that moment and the lights came up and uh, I love I love that. I love and I love that I love a midway, you know. It's a great time. It's 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 so fun. It smells like it always just smells like funnel cakes. They always smell like funnel cakes. Um is, is, is that the same mini donuts? Is that what Yeah, like those waffle looking like the you know what a waffle fry looks like? Is it a waffle yes. fry? Yeah, like the Chick Chick-fil-A waffle fries or whatever. Yes. It's like that, but a giant cake. That's what they look <laughs> yeah, like with powdered sugar. Gus even references a let's find a waffle cake. Or a waffle cake, right? We call them funnel cakes. And funnel, cake that's cake. no funnel cakes. That's for men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Do we all do we believe in ghosts? I love this question. Yes. Yes. I wouldn't say ghost, ghosts, but I mean, I definitely believe there's entities in the same space that we are. Absolutely. I agree. I 100% agree, Tim. Um. <laughs> yes. You don't what have to say yes because we did. Because yes, yesterday I didn't believe in them. So, you know. After I saw this episode, I was like, I am I am a firm believer. I rewatched the episode last night and I was like, yep, I yeah, believe well, in I, mean, I kind of knew that you did. You know, I you know I believe in all that shit. <laughs> I've turned so Tim's like Tim is Tim is just I well, here's the thing. It's interesting. You have like dipped your toe into like some of the weird stuff I throw your way, and then other stuff you're like all in on. Like, you'll be the one being like, did you know there's a full moon on Wednesday night? Are you making your wishes? <laughs> and I'm like, I'll just send you a picture of like all of the candles I bought in my whole witchy ritual. Not that you bought, that you made. You made your own manifestation candles because you, you know own. I make, I labels make on. My own. Um, I love that. I love all that stuff. But yeah, on the ghost front, I, um, I do believe uh, just because in my own life, I feel like I've had some very like... I'm sure someone could explain them to me, but to me, they feel almost unexplainable, like, like experiences with certain things that I, I, yeah, I'm with you. Events that collide or coincidences that occur or just things that happen. You go, wow, that was really weird. You know, that was really crazy the way that happened. Yeah. Very solid. Um, Ghost experiences. I, yeah, I, don't, I haven't really had any creepy crawly ghosts, but I mean, when I when I meditate, I'm sure they're around. You know, I can feel them around. I mm-hmm. I swear. I mean, the deeper and darker you go, you, you get to, you start to. It is bizarre. We shouldn't be talking. This is creepy stuff. You know? like, it's not creepy though. I don't see it all as bad. I see it sometimes like, oh, I feel like something or someone's here. Like I'll feel it sometimes when I'm in like. I don't know. I feel it anytime, but like sometimes in nature or sometimes when like, like when you're just like really connected to stuff and then I'll be like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Like, I'm friendly. We're cool. Like, y- yeah, you're, I, we can share the space. No need to be upset and scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Let's be friends. Oh no. What just happened? Did my thing? Something would drop. You, you, you just, just really dropped. Oh, that's so weird. Oh my God. This is the strangest thing ever. Wait, is that a sign? Was there it a ghost? It, it was a ghost. It was a ghost. It was a goat. Wait, can you all hear me? Now I can hear you. But that you is, 
you should reiterate, hey, we're cool. We can share the space. Say it one more time. Hey, I can't hear myself now. Oh, the ghost is messing with me. This is the ghost of what, what shall, shall we name this ghost? Johnny Ricketts. Johnny Ghost of Johnny Ricketts. Johnny Ricketts is messing with my mic. I love it. Okay. So someone explain that. Yeah, there you go. Right? Jessica, in that moment. This is crazy. It could have happened to the whole show. It didn't happen in that moment. I think that there was, um, I I I had a good story about the stalker. And I think that um, (laughs) that Steve, Steve, thinking Steve was a pothead was pretty good. (laughs) I would say, like, those contributions cover, you know, it's as if you done a span of multiple episodes those are like i don't know that anyone has told stories quite like that so as far as like guests go you get a gold ribbon i get some point great thank you i appreciate it joy of getting to to see you again and hang out with you even virtually Well, yeah i mean that's the other thing is that i really am looking i was looking forward to this experience so because i want to hang with you guys you know same steve i i can't we can't thank you enough this is like really great to see you both and um and it's I couldn't, I couldn't be more sincere when I say that it was, you know, it was the best of times shooting those shows with because of people like you and because of you, you know, and we had great adventures. We had lots of laughs and I think we did really good work. Thank you so much for listening to this very fun episode and some really good stories from Steve Sergic and hope we didn't scare anyone too much with our ghost stories. We will see you all next week. And please don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologist You're In, our Twitter at Psychologist Pod, and follow us on Patreon for full video episodes and ad-free apps as well. That's at patreon.com slash psychologists are in. We will see you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.